Welcome to episode 246 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 246 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. I was here, going, mate. Good. Do you, do you think we should be changing the day we do the podcast? Do you like Monday? No, because no, no. Actually, today's Monday. I'm thinking it's Tuesday because your voice is always screwed. Well, normally I have to admit my voice is a bit screwed today, and I'm working really hard to get through it. But normally Monday night class is the one that kills me. But I don't know. What do you mean like tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow I'll be like. Well, that would be, be a great <laughs> show. That would be a great one. I get to the end. Uh, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by com. After the world's most amazing coffee. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your electric buffer. In this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. Whips of the week. We've got an interview, John. Tell me about it. We've got a guy who's done uh, some double Ironmans. He's done 32 Ironmans in total. But more, we really focus in and hone in on sort of the doubles and some tips and stuff for you so look forward to that what's his name Mark Cleanhouse yeah you did good on that one didn't you and then we've got a few questions and answers at the end news is proudly brought to you by xtry.com check out xtry for the latest news reviews and interviews with the stars I am losing my voice and I'm going yeah. to this tone here I might talk yeah, to this all yeah, class sounds so, good yeah great work John uh, what happened in the news another, John take another one of those bad yeah. boys pretty good one in <laughs> Uh, so the first bit of news, um, if you can pull out that story, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, was, um, was that Iron Man Malaysia is being postponed. So it's, it's, it hasn't been cancelled, but it's being postponed. Uh, does it say until when? No. Uh, just basically being postponed because they haven't got enough money to put it on, by the sounds of it. So what's RM3? That's what I want to know. What, what currency is that? It's, um, it's not Rand, it's... Uh, I can't remember, I've been to Malaysia. RM3, RM3, can I sit down here? Because I want to know... Ringgit. Ringgit. Malaysian ringgit. Okay, so they're saying it's 3 million. So they're saying it costs 1.3 million to put a race on New Zealand. Right. And if we go US, they're saying it's basically a million dollars to put a race on. Mm-hmm. Over there. Yeah. Interesting. See how much money they get from income because it's a small race. Well, obviously not much because they're not doing the race. <laughs> it's always been a small race. It's always been a race that's, uh, that has struggled, but people love to go over there sometimes and race in the heat. It's been often been a place where people can sneak over there and get a bit of a cheeky qualification yep. slot. You know, it can sometimes yep. roll um, and then just roll all the way down the field. So, um, not so, yeah, I'm, I, I kind of thought it might be one of the ones that sort of phase out and really try to boost up China. So, Jeez, you can't really or do they not get rid of it? Yeah. You can't really postpone Because people plan these things, don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen there. Okay. Uh, for We're news. short on news this week. Okay. <laughs> struggling. Mac is doing a book. And I think this is a good idea because yeah. there's very few triathlon books out there. And I love reading autobiographies and biographies and stuff. And Hamish Carter's wasn't too bad. That's the only other I've one read I've his. read. It was all right. Um, but I think Macca's will be but, better. So your problem for you is you're always inside baseball anyway. Yeah, yeah. So like for Joe Public, did they love Hamish Carter's book? I don't know. No, I didn't I yeah. read it. So. Yeah, I think it, it was pretty good. But I'm reading Andre Agassi's one at the moment, which is... Which oh, I've read that. Which is interesting. That's interesting, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think Mac, has, he's always got something interesting to say, and lots of... He's a good storyteller, um, yep. so I'm sure there'll be lots of in there. And, and I think there'll be a bit of stories and a bit of advice and coaching stuff and that mind stuff. 
And, and as I said at the time, when he won last year, I think he moves from that realm of being one of the great all-time athletes to one of the greatest because he's, he's basically won over all distances and that's not, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the greats can't say that. He's won Olympic distance title, world title, he's won world champs, uh, world cup series races, he's won Ironmans, he's won, won a lot of Ironmans as well and two Konas. So, yeah. And one of the hardest Konas of all time, you know, as in not maybe conditions, but as in pressure-wise. Yeah. So... Yeah, very much a legendary athlete. So we'll wait for that to come out. And I'm, I'm sure, sure you guys will be buying it. That's right. Bye, bye, bye. Okay, uh, Sam Warren has had heart issues. And again, so we've had, say, in New Zealand, we've had, uh, this seems to come in New Zealand, Gina Ferguson, or now Crawford, she had some heart issues. Um, we've had a guy called Nathan Fave, who's a, uh, one, of, was our, one of our top adventure racers. He had the same issue. Uh, we had an Olympic uh, rower over here. Rob Waddell had this issue. Mm. I don't know if they're all the same thing, but... You know, they're all hard it's issues. It's um, bizarre. It's just, so, you know, I was sitting here last season thinking Sam Warren could be a real threat when she comes over to Ironman, and I've seen her race halves before when she was doing short course, and she yep. was awesome, yep. really, really good. And then she sort of made the switch to officially come over to halves, and last season she was she was fine. I mean, she was finishing top fives, but I would have expected her to just dominate those races, and then I, I think she could be a great Ironman. But that was obviously the issue, so uh, we'll see what The condition she had, what's it called? I, I can't actually see the name of it, but uh, superventricular, ooh, that one, um, is her heart was beating up to 230 beats a minute. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty intense. It would be. But then uh, she's saying that the resting heart rate now is back down to 38, and she was saying in her competition days it was only 44, so yep. if anything... If you're basically on heart rate, she's just as fit now as what she is. So we'll see. She's going to race Ironman New Zealand. I mean, realistically, she you, you should be very, very hard pushed to beat Marinda Carfrey, regardless of what sort of shape she's in. But I think when she gets back to her best, she could be uh, could be one to watch out for. Now, Ironman New Zealand's going to have a pretty good field, isn't it, for the for chicks? Well, or is those, it just three? Uh, I can't think of who else to be racing, but I mean, as soon as someone like Marinda Carfrey enters, then that's going to scare a lot of other people off. Yeah. I think. But not quite as much as the Chrissy factor, but um, you, you know you it's yeah, highly, highly level, likely that third's the first sort of opening that's going to be there because Joe Lawn's pretty strong as well. So we'll see. Hey, um, just while I was on this website, I found a book that Scott Molina's written. Oh, they're just sending that to me, and it's. Um, uh, so it's, we'll be reviewing that shortly, and we're going to get Scott on the show. Can I, can well. I name it? Yeah, for sure. One hour workouts. It's basically 50 swim, bike, run workouts for the busy athlete. Yes. So I like that idea. It's a good idea, isn't it? So I've got a copy on its way to me, and I might lend it to you if you want to have oh, a look thanks, at mate. it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we'll talk about that in a few weeks' time. We're going to get Scott on in about two or three weeks' time as well. Would you put Melina in the same class as Mecca? No. Ooh, you put oh, yeah! Dif- different era. Melina's coming on the show, isn't he? Oh, yeah, Next week, isn't it? No, two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks' time. But Melina. You're is... trying to make friends, are you, John? I would. I'd put yeah, him up above Mecca. I could sit there and just pander around there. <laughs> but um, Scott. You know, he won one Kona. Yep. Um, he was, I don't know how long he went undefeated, but it was like a couple of seasons or something he went undefeated over Olympic distance. Um, maybe over any distance, I'm not Six quite sure. Six professional championships. Um, but... Ultraman? Hey, Mecca isn't that Ultraman. That's true. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if he did, to be honest. Um, but doesn't, I don't know if Scott has any other world titles to his name or, or series titles. And there's a different era. It's like comparing... Don Bradman with flipping Ricky Ponting or something like that. So, yeah, see, I, I thought you'd put them pretty much on par. Uh, I, I, like, like, I don't know much of the eighties. I just know the yeah, big four. You know, what I mean, and, and, and like I don't know it like you knew it, but yeah, you kind of think if he's one of the big four, he's obviously a pretty classy athlete. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if there's going to be of of this time, there'll probably be Stadler, Mega, 
crowy, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and, and if you look at it that way, maybe Molina and Mag would be on par. Yeah, maybe not quite. But Scott can probably beat me up, and, and, yeah, and, we, and I, I, I think you're gonna get smashed. Yeah, I don't know. Scott was one of, was one of the greatest, and he'll go down as one of the greatest and one of the pioneers. Yep. But it's uh, yeah, it's a different era now. Like, yeah. Do you base it on significance in the sport or do you base it on what they actually achieved? Because in his era, the, the things he achieved is what you achieved in his era. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he didn't, he couldn't do those races because they didn't exist. A bit like the Steve Gurney thing. He yeah. won coast to coast eight times. Nine. Nine or whatever. Yeah. And just because he, nobody else raced, yeah. you, know, you can't say, well, you... But then you can't say, you can't take that away from him. It's not exactly. his fault that he was stronger than anyone else. It's a good argument. Um, okay, we'll see what he says. See what he says. There we go. That'll be our first question. Yeah. Um, okay, they had the 2010 Endurance Awards. And what is interesting here, I'm not quite sure if it was supposed to be across all triathlon distances, but it was very much dominated by iron distance athletes. So we had male triathlete of the year was uh, Michael Raylert. Performance of the year um, went to Chrissy Wellington, which I presume was for her uh, rote performance. Yep. Female triathlete of the year was Marinda Carfrey. Yep. Competitor of the year was Chris. Chris McCormick. Yep. Um, so no short course athletes there, which is interesting. What yeah. was interesting as well is they have a celebrity athlete of the year. Have you, have you ever heard of that person? Right, so I don't know. I think it maybe was one of those, like, marry someone who dates for a while kind of guys. What's that program called? Don't know. No, neither. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I went to his website because I thought maybe I'd know who he was, and I didn't know who he was. Can't be a celebrity. <laughs> Not if I don't know. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's just very much the American side of things often really dominated on the long distance. Oh, just one thing I will add about Chris McCormick on when the article they were talking about uh, his book. He's going to be on the Wheaties box, which is, is a big significant thing in American sports. So if you get on a Wheaties box... I'm sure most of you know what that means. It's kind of a big thing to get on a Wheaties box. He's going to be the first ever non-American athlete to be on a Wheaties box. Oh, I'm sure Craig Alexander was on it last year. Well, but according but, to this article, but it was probably the Australian Wheaties. No, he may have been on when he won Kona the first time. That might have been the first time he was on for Wheaties here. Wheaties here. Uh, with an upcoming feature on the front of an iconic Wheaties box, the first non-American, the first time a non-American has been featured. Will somebody t- correct me? I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm, I may not be right here. I'm thinking you I'm, are. I'm almost certain Craig Alexander was on the Wheaties box um, when he's won it before. So let me know. Let us know. Yes, well, we'll, we'll find out. Actually, send us a box of Wheaties. Have you tried Wheaties? Sweet books, aren't they? I don't know. I haven't tried them. I don't know um, results. We've got Ironman South Africa 70.3 because we've got no news. So what happened here, John? We had, um, what's his name, Van Laird, Frederick Van Laird. Yeah, Freddie. Killed it on the bike. A couple of years ago, he had a good duel with Cameron Brown at Ironman New Zealand, especially on the swim of the bike, to fade a little bit on the run. Jeez, he dominated he the dojo. Eight minutes, he put, well, he's off the bike, eight minutes in front of James Kanana, who I think most people probably expected to win. Um, and Six minutes. No, it was eight, because he had the swim as well. Yeah. Oh, minute, I minute in the swim, and Sorry. then he rode another... Six or so. Yep. Six okay, fair enough. Yep, I'll give that to you. And uh, faded a bit on the run, ran a 119, but oh, that's an, that was plenty. Yeah. He still had a two-minute lead over James Kanana, and uh, it was a good, strong field. You had him second, uh, Alessandro Descaberi, whatever, and uh, <laughs> Richie Cunningham fourth. One, two, three, four. You had uh, Sven Sinberg in there. Jasper Blake. Jasper Blake. So you had a good, good little men's field there. A little bit closer on the well, the girls' side of things, you had um, Jodie Swallow, as predicted, take it out. Tina Dickers in third, and I think last year the girl that won, Marie Rabbi, was in third. But we also had Lucy Zelnikova in there, so it was, um, yeah. Good racing. Good racing. Okay, then. Um, 
one more week to the Tri Grand Prix, pre, I should say, um, competition on the Facebook page. Yes, so if you want to get into this, just go onto our Facebook page. You can get onto there through Facebook or through go our, page, our web page. Click, on, page, on, click on that. Click on the discussion tab at the top, and you can just enter there. You basically well, just need to. We've be got some juices left over. I've got a couple of juices left over. I've got got a a small long sleeve summer weight one and a large just regular jersey. Okay, first so, and best sorry I interrupted. If you are going to go on discussion of the week, I mean onto Facebook discussion, try Grand Prix, go like them, and then you're in to win. Yeah, and you got to like us. And we've just gone over a thousand people liking our page, nice. which is nice. This is nice. Well, John did actually talk about on Facebook. He just asked what you guys were thinking of the Kona coverage. Just want to talk about a couple of these. You can go for it. You can. Your, your reading glasses are better than mine. Oh, because oh, it's a bit small for you, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Didn't match up with the Macker interview. That's what I like. Michael Yeager saying. Yeah. Yeah. Fagan's always got saying. There was one special interest that was quite touching, but most were just shit. <laughs> And ruin my turbo training. It could be so much better. Maybe there should be two versions, mainstream and sports. Brendan Dean, overall, I enjoyed it. It was not as good as it could have been, given how the good the Macaray Luke battle was. I found it amazing that all of the special interest people drove brand new Fords. (laughs) (laughs) Good observation. I have to admit, the guy off the heart, I thought, gee, he must be doing all right, because he was in a big flash car. Um... (sighs) Some special interest stuff is good, but the use of special interest stories to advertise Ford was blatant, and to me it's probably more likely to cost Ford customers than gain them. Now everybody does, so yeah. I'll go back and watch the yeah. reruns. It was nothing nothing better than this is Jules uh, Gorham. It was nothing better than okay. I was on the trainer, still almost fell asleep. Wasn't so much the age groupers that that's kind of coverage but rather the constant Ford commercials this year was less about kind of more about trucks every year I wish they'd feature the fastest age groupers those people have lives worth TV time good point Jay Waters was just saying spin it spinner isn't it Jay Waters so, yeah. uh, just to add a bit more to it uh a friend of mine who has no interest in Iron Man told me today that he saw the coverage this year and thought it was amazing that there were so many inspirational stories. Oh, he's written quite a big email here. Uh, he said that it felt inspired to go out the door and start running. So I think I think that's an angle we, we have to remember. Mm-hmm. We are the hardcore of the world. The world. Of the, yes. of the world. The and, world. And, and for the general population, this actually works really well. Yep. Yes. So, and that's a bigger market than the, the triathlon market. Well, we're not just not just but you know what's Ken Smith got it was good if you like watching infomercials nice work uh, someone also commented quite a few people commented on um, what, Timex no Timex. the the road ID yeah pretty blatant advertising at times but I think Jay's point was what well, is quite cool it does inspire people to exercise mm-hmm. you know what and if that's doing that we'll play good so. And uh, but I agree to come out with two versions everybody would be happy And but we do get the on the race day coverage so if you really want to see the the kick-ass, the pros going head-to-head, you watch the race day coverage. Matthew Binns was saying if you actually watch, listen to our interview first and then watch it. Right. So we should get all the people, NPC, yes. to put it around the world saying listen to the interview first. Yes. Get our numbers point. up. Good point. Yeah. Nice. Rock on. Um, one other thing I was going to say is... It must oh, be so it? good. I, I always write mine down. Yeah. Yeah, we need Hence, see. where's my piece of paper and pen here, Bevan? No <laughs> paper and pen. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> okay, our sponsor... So last week, guys, and Extreme Endurance, last week we were talking about um, you know, all the different products, how much it costs, etc., etc., um, and I'd said that I'd come back this week with the full scoop if you are outside the area um, You've scooped they it, John. Directly, You've scooped it. they directly ship to. So here's the deal. If you're in, say, New Zealand, Australia, or somewhere where they, the Extreme Endurance don't currently have an agent, you email um, 
to info at xendurance.com for your name, shipping address, billing address, phone number and order quantity and then you, once you've sent off the email you call them on America which is 001-877-754-0436 and you, leave, uh, you just talk to them and leave your credit card number. You can email your credit card but most people prefer not to email credit card numbers and then they'll just let you know what the shipping amount is and... As long if you if you want it shipped express, it's bloody expensive. But if yep. you just want shipped um, regular mail, uh, shipping costs are approximately seven to ten dollars US for first class, and approximately twenty eight dollars for priority international. Just get first class, basically. First class. Yeah, normally about seven to ten days for first class to arrive. So um, yeah, so th- that's a deal. It's not uh, exorbitant to get it shipped. It's obviously better if you live in the in the areas. But if and, not, and, and, and you know maybe you want to get a few athletes together. Say, look, we're getting this stuff, or a few guys listening who train together, or maybe even just do three or four orders at once, so you don't yeah. have to do a recurring thing, so yeah. you can save yourself some time exactly. and money. So. Seven bucks US. But, and you get all that, probably get all that money back if you use the code IMTALK, you get a 20% discount, so you probably save that much anyway. Okay. So okay. just click on um, IMTALK.me, click on the Extreme Endurance button, go on through, get it, give it a try, and ease the lactic. Acid build-up. Can I, can I veto your discussion of the week? Yes. <coughs> I can't remember what it was now. Well, it, it was so it good. Was, it was pretty average. Um, oh, no, it was a good one. I remember now. But I'll, I'll save that. Do you want, so we're doing this one? Yeah. We, we only yeah. got two comments. Um, and I put my comments in this. I've done my piece. Oh. Yeah. You put them in here? No, I put them on the show notes. So oh. I remember them because I always forget them. Oh, wait a second. Okay, then. So did you ever feel safe during an Ironman swim? You go first. Unsafe. So Mark, who's actually our interviewee today, um, nice of him to come and comment on here. I've finished over 420 triathlons worldwide, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm getting older or more people have forgotten why we race for fun. The Ironman swims are much rougher. I don't go off too fast or um, start too close to the front, yet I overtake many safely and usually finish in the top 15%. The Ironman races are now scary. I guess talking about the swim. Okay, Craig Brighthouse, uh, I never felt threatened in an Ironman swim, or swimming uh, is not my strongest leg. There has always been plenty of support craft around, especially after the swim start, the field narrows down. The worst I felt in a swim was last year's exterior New Zealand with short swim. Big field, a narrow start area meant uh, could never get a clear stroke. However, never felt in danger at any time. Anyhow, anyway I should say, um, if you do have done the three-year plan, the new three-year plan I should say, uh, you should have good swim experience by the time you get to Iron Man. That's right. Thoughts, John? Pull up my page. I've written, written down my thoughts so I can remember them all. Um, but I think a lot of it revolves around um, course design. Um, you know, f- as far as the swim goes, sure, if you've got thousands of people, it's always going to be pretty full on. But some people, some races are just stupid. And if they have, if you have a turning point, you know, really early in the swim, then you're going to have absolute carnage at that turning um, voice. So I think that's main thing is, is uh, you know. If I'm looking at a race, I mean, I can't say I've ever really been um, scared of a race, but you know, you've got Have to. Have you try- ever been scared in the water? Uh, like, you know, because you've done some I mean, really aggressive about racing. last week, but no, I mean, no. No. Oh, and, and World Cup races, I mean, I used to get the crap beaten. I mean, I, I didn't perform well in them, um, but I wouldn't have said I was scared. Yeah. Um, I was getting very <laughs> tired and getting pummeled and wasn't performing, and I could have done should have. You needed to build out some Dez and Troy. Could have done, um, but I wouldn't say I've ever really been that scared. But I think the main, when I look at a race, the main thing you want is uh, across a swim, bike, and run is that you've got a fair and ideally an unimpeded course. So I think if I was looking at a race now, and anything that would scare me it would be um, not in the swim, unless it's just ridiculous, in which case they wouldn't have the, the swim on. Yeah. Um, 
Right. More so on the bike is um, traffic and yeah. and you know, spectators and yeah, sharp just crashing and, into people. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of the terrain of the race, I think you know most races don't usually use um, too severe descents or anything like that that really um, worry me too much. And uh, I guess that's just you know they've got to factor that in. But you know it's, I think at the end of the day, if they put enough marshals in the swim, what what and, and design a fair course and the difference between having a thousand people in the swim. And 2,000 people in the swim, I don't think it's going to matter that much. It's just going to be rough regardless. Yep. So I don't, I don't think they can do much. I mean, most people don't want to have lots and lots of wave starts. I'd rather have a couple of um, biggish sort of starts. Uh, I think so, um, uh, Craig's point that, you know, it's kind of just that first section, isn't it, as you're saying, you know, and and I, I, it really just depends on where you're at as you're swimming. You know, you're an experienced swimmer, so it's never going to be a problem yeah. for you. So for me, but I was always strong enough as to hold my own. So I know I didn't mind getting beaten up a little bit because I always felt there was a gain mm-hmm. to being at the front of the pack. So I was willing to be beaten up a little bit and achieving that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think they do a pretty good job overall. You've just got to simulate it. Yeah. It's a thing like um, yeah. we've got a coach in Christchurch called Rolly who does most of the triathlon um, swimmers coaching out at Kiwi 2 and he, you know, you get in the lane and you have five across the lane yep. swimming 50s and yep. you just beat the shit out of each other and oh, the thing I often do is I'll maybe I'll start three or four next to each other and I say right at, by the end of the length I want you all to swap sides oh, so nice. you've got to swim over each other um, and practice that and get used to it and get, it's, it's not it's not easy for anybody oh, and I think and the other thing with that is that like I know when I did Epic Camp and I often talked about this at that time was that my swimming I don't know if I was necessarily that much faster but just the experiences of swimming with a pack so if you've got a bunch of triathletes get out to your local lake or see and, and get some swimming in place so you just get experience of what it's like to swim in those environments so you can be successful with it. So. Or, or pile up in one lane in the pool, go down there when it's really quiet and do some 25 sprints or 50 sprints with three or four of you in a lane and uh, lay some smack down. Lay some smack down. Nice. Yeah, John, well, this, this week's discussion, I vetoed your discussion. What was your discussion? Let's have a look. It was, it was a good one. Oh, I if, don't if, think it was. If you've, had a, if you've changed no, from being a coach to a non-coach athlete... Um, to a coached athlete, what's the biggest change that the coach has made for you? So we'll save that one for hey, you. Are you struggling for clients at the moment? <laughs> no, I'm not. Fully <laughs> boxed, fully boxed. <laughs> Joking. No, no, um, everyone pretty much knows the Lance story, what's happening right now. Did you read the article? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that everybody does, actually. Okay, John, give us the, the update. So Sports Illustrated. If you want the fourth page, seven page update. I read, I read it. Sports Illustrated, I read it. Yeah, um, it's a big, big read. Basically a seven page article on Lance. Um, you know, alleging a lot of things and, and and kind of like they're taking that's big balls to do that because if they're wrong, if he gets off, he can sue them big time. Mm-hmm. So if, if that article, like for them to publish that, was a big step. They did. They, they they didn't say anything. They were just saying what other people are saying. No, because I was reading another article about it saying mm-hmm. saying literally that if because they've published it now, he can actually go at them if he gets off the case. So. Well, the case is coming to, a, to an end, it sounds like, so it's sort of decision time. Lance is either going to get, uh, not going to get off, he's either going to be... Proven to be a drug cheat that, or not. To, to be a drug cheat or not, and uh, the case is coming up. Well, it's not a case, it's a, a hearing or whatever it is in America that's happening, but it sounds like it's coming and to an end. And there's interesting case. evidence, isn't there? Mm. Read the article. Maybe we'll put a link to it on our website. Yep. Okay. Remind me to do that. Um, but anywho... Write it on your piece of paper. Yeah, I'll write it on my phone. I'm just going to do it now. That means <laughs> there you go. article. Short hand. <laughs> Short hand. Um, so, if Lance gets done for drugs, if, 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 this is hearsay? Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> if it turns out he was a drugs cheat, drugs cheat, would we still want him to come to Kona? If, 
on the advisor that we know he's not on drugs. You're going deep, Bevan. I know. You're going deep. I know. But let's say July he gets busted and he, he still wants to do Kona. Mm. Do we still want him to come and do Kona? Mm. Knowing that, and, and assuming he won't be a drug dealer at that time. And if he's legal out, because there's, I'm sure there's been uh, people who have had drugs and have come back from that and are racing, you know. Um, Nina Craft. Uh, would he be banned? He wouldn't be, if, if he gets done for drugs and cycling, you get banned from all sport yeah. for two years. Mm, that's a good question, actually. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I think he probably would. Okay, well, guys, that's what your job is in discussion of the week. So if Lance gets done for drugs, will we still want him at Kona this year? Or we'd say, no, goodbye to Lance Armstrong. Goodbye. Your triathlon career is over before it even started. You should have come to should have come to flipping uh, Rotorua and had a, had, right. had a triathlon. You know, you know, yep, you missed out. Okay, uh, let's put some music on. Age group of the week. Reverb there, mate. I was a bit slow. <laughs> Naturally, great at it. It's, it's Monday. It's Monday. It's the problem. Tim Swanson sent through this week's age grouper. Love the show. It really helps get through to my late night two-hour wind trainer rides as I get ready for Coeur Lane in June, which is probably June last year. No, he sent, didn't send this through very long ago. You sure? Yeah, because the guy was racing Ironman Cozumel, which is in um, sort of November time. You sure it wasn't November a year ago? I'm sure. Sometimes you do that. Uh, Sometimes you pull out something that was like five years ago. No, uh, I will give this one no, to you. No, because he had his accident in 2009. Yeah, there I'll we go. Right. Okay, I think that Matthew Miller is a worthy candidate for your prestigious. It's the only reason he's getting it because you use that word. Age Grouper of the Week award. Check it out. Trains for Ironman while full time, straight A pre med student at University of Virginia. Virginist finished. <laughs> Virginist <laughs> finished a respectable seventh. And the 19 to 24 age group in Cosimo in 10.30. In Cosimo, he rode a 537 bike split wearing a full face BMX bicycle helmet. Why did he wear such a helmet, you Mask. ask? Uh, because two years ago, he should have died. Check out his amazing story. So, John, give us the wrap up. Well, Matthew basically um, was out training one day, and we've heard a bit of a similar, similar sort of story before. Went out and uh, basically had a full on accident everybody thought he was going to die he was in hospital for a long period of time and uh, it's a massive story there's literally four parts to it i did read it at the time when this email came out and it was just one of those ones where it is this man should be dead yeah it was phenomenal and basically just over time just worked his way back to being um you know fit enough to do an iron man and then he went and did cozumel uh had to in the swim he was, he was quite a strong swimmer I, I remember reading as well but he had to be very very careful in the swim because he basically couldn't get any didn't, couldn't get any contact to his head because that's yeah you know, he had a lot of um, uh, skull damage when he had the accident wow that's so, risky then isn't so, it I'm yeah. sure he would have waited and all the rest of it but still I think that's what he did if you scroll up what did he swim because I'm sure he still swam pretty respectable no he doesn't see that here do you want me to pull up one of these? Oh, no, that's all right. But he, he, rode, he rode a 5.37, which is a bloody good um, bike split anyway. Especially with a BMX helmet on. Yeah, and that was the reason on the bike, you couldn't just wear a regular helmet if, if some sort of accident did happen. So he had to have a full-on... And we, we talk about aero helmets, you know. Sometimes, oh, maybe I won't wear an aero helmet because yeah. I won't have the full ventilation. But he had the full-on motorcycle helmet on, so that'd be pretty toasty. And it was in Cozumel, so he didn't choose a, a cool one to do. No. Um, and then went on to, to you know, run a... Get in there and do a 10, 10.30 when he was uh, supposed to be dead. So... Another inspiring story. He's one of these guys who, you know, you, when you're making excuses, you know, when you're talking to someone else and you're making all these excuses about how hard, how hard life is, 
And then he goes, it goes oh, well, actually, I just about died and denied me. Yeah. And, blah, blah. and you go, oh, actually, yeah, um, yeah okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, so if you want to read the full story, Bevan will put, put that down, put another, put another, yep, another shorthand. There you go. Yep, great. Bevan will put some links up on the site, but very worthy candidates. So Matthew Miller, good to see you back in the sport and uh, you are out. doing very well. A week. Love your work. Sponsor. Right, Bevan. We might okay. have a pause here. Okay, why? Because no, we want to log into my. Uh, oh, my okay, wait a second. Log myself out. Okay. Yeah. Wait a second. Here we go. Pause. We're back. And uh, we're looking at John Newsom's lifetime results. Are we going to put the music on there? No, because it's sponsor. Oh, sorry. We're not a I was going to give Athletics a bit of music. That's okay. No, I was uh, I was wrong, Bevan. I'll admit it. So one of the things Wait a second. Talk- Watch this. Keep talking. Yeah, we keep talking. One of the things I mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago is about having... There we go. Oh, I died. About having a bit of a, um, a legacy of all your results, and I just thought about this today. What legacy know? are you going to leave behind, well, John? Gonna, maybe not legacy. No, like, no, I like that. I like that because when your kids are old, and and you're an old old man, right down there to right, right okay. just Thomas down there. Thomas, because I've got to talk about Thomas' story at the end okay. of the show. And they're old, and they're looking back, and you're telling them how great you are, and they go, "Yes, your dad, sure you were, you're great." And you pull out these photos, but you probably lost them on the internet by then, and then you go, "No, no." Ethlinks.com and, and I go wow this guy's got a legacy it does it it's not a legacy but it's a uh, it's a, it's a record of all your results <laughs> it's it's great you know I went back and saw in 2004 I had two races when I was making my one of my comebacks and they were both pretty ugly Bevan <laughs> the, the Balamura distance you know the other one I did I did the, the half Ironman half Ironman I had a look at that result one thing I want I've got it oh I think that's respectable yeah it was pretty average really um, yeah yeah it was pretty bad um Stephen Bayless was there. Well, that's this is what was interesting. Oh, Stephen Bayless took you out. I got some, it, but you beat the Newsom with an E. I did. <laughs> I was in whatever place it was. You were fifteenth, fifteenth, and no, you were like nineteenth. Yeah. You got checked. I, I did not get checked. <laughs> I was off. The, I was. I was riding through the bike, and I was like, it's "Checks in front of me." <laughs> What's going on? What happened? Uh, so it was a miserable swim and a miserable bike, and I ran okay. Um, but I'm yeah. thinking that Mark. Tinkner. Yeah. What's the, what does the green thing mean? I think it might be maybe rival. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been in that thing. Anyway, uh, did you, uh, well, I've got an, ath- an issue with Athlinks because look at my transition time. I may have been on the comeback trail. Oh, 58 seconds. And you'd but be I tied. I tied for, and they gave it to somebody uh, else. They gave it to Stephen Bayless. <laughs> Stephen Bayless took it. What's going on there? I, so transitions <laughs> matter. This um, is really cool because it is one of those things where, you know, like when you start... Look, you, Ali Johansson. I mean, it was a good field. Duke Bockel, Spencer Smith, Craig Walton. Yeah, but then look at the girls' side, and this is what I find interesting: as you go back to these sort of results, and you go back and you see people, you think, oh, they've just popped up, and they haven't yeah. been doing much. And then this is back in two thousand and four. Kat Morrison, Kat Morrison, in there, and people like that. So, sort of, and I went back ages ago and looked at some. Uh, I think I might have even had my junior. Um, when I did my first world champs um, on here somewhere and you go back and you look at some of the Olympic distance names and you see that some of those guys now are the very, very best in the world and they weren't finishing anywhere good. Spencer Smith? Yeah. Well, that's, but that's not just that thing. You know, like in this race, John was at a pretty elite race and he got 19th, you know, not the best at the office, but not, yeah, not terrible. Not happy to admit that. But, um, but you know, it's more your local races as well because mm. some of these guys, you know, like you, make, you become mates with them over the years and you may not have even known you raced them 10 years ago. You go back, you look at the race, and you know you beat them. So then you yeah. email them. If they beat you, you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you keep it to yourself. So keep, I mean, um, you, may not, you may not use Athlinks as your social networking platform or anything, but just I urge you to keep your um, keep yeah. all your results up. It urges you. Urge you to do it. <laughs> no, 
And, uh, Even why, Andy Blow beat you and he was only a bloody peasant. Yeah, and, and uh, what, what did I, what was I, can, what was my first transition like? 136, it was That's pretty competitive. Pretty you to to so. Where did you go wrong, John? You, just, you run, mate, you're a good runner, what happened you run? I, I, was, I was literally a couple of weeks. Yeah, but it wasn't a quick run course. It was actually yeah one wow, six, one six, one sixteen was one fourteen was the firstest. Old Andre Le Grouch, what happened to him? Hey, hey. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was Ironman half seventy point three or half Ironman UK in two thousand four. Wow, nice race. That must have been just before you came back. It was because we started the show in two thousand five. Yeah, so we came back. At the, basically, we did that race. We had a couple. When more was it? August. It yep. would have been, and then you came back because then you started coaching me around that time. Yeah. Because I did Kona with Mark, and then I went yeah. to you. In 2005, we both did Ironman New Zealand. And then do you I know the only Kona reason I went to you as a coach? Because Mark did share. Oh, no, <laughs> not just that. <laughs> you know the funny, so Mark, what was his last name? Elliot. Mark Elliot, he used to coach Bevan Doherty. Doherty. He still does. He still does. Yeah. So you'd ring Mark and you go, hey, it's Bevan here. He goes, oh, hey, how you going? You go, I need to figure out the wrong Bevan. <laughs> the tone would change. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, mate, how you going? Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, and then, no, the only reason I went for you is because you had an accreditation on your website. Nice. I thought he must be good, he's accredited. He must be. So, there you go. Anyway, uh, so keep all your results up on Athlinks, and it's great for when you're getting old and uh, has been like myself, and you can look back and go, Wait I remember that race. Wait a second, just one more as we're mucking around. Yeah. Uh, have you got the Timaru half triathlon? I, I, Timaru was not online oh, at that stage. Oh, got it. Got Ash Burton, you mean? Oh yeah, Ash Burton, the one yeah. I bet you in. That would be because it's the only race I've really ever beaten you in. So. so if you go, you know, so that what year was that? That would have been. That would have been two thousand maybe seven. Two thousand six, I reckon, probably. No, uh-huh. maybe I've only got one race there. Maybe I didn't claim it. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted that on my record. There we go. Okay, so there, uh, check out Athlinks to make sure you get. I could, you could have almost fil- also filtered there by half Ironman. That would have been an easier way to find it. You can do it by year or by distance. Uh, so. They just make it easy for you, John. Mm. Okay, Athlinks.com. Check it out. Check, 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 check it out. Do you want to put some music on now? Yes. Okay, some music. Interview with Mark, who's got Iron Mate. <laughs> you didn't say interview, you just go. Interview with Mark, uh, he's got Iron Mate. Is Iron Mate? Or Iron Tell you Mates. what, it's a great resource for a website. Yeah. He's got like everything ever. He likes likes publishing all the stuff. He's got a, a little newsletter on there that if you like what he has to say, he sends out, I think, maybe a monthly newsletter. Um, but a man who's done a lot of Iron Man, so can speak on that. Uh, we, we didn't really discuss Ironmans too much but more, more doubles. doubles and above uh, he's, he's done very very well at them and uh, yeah just basically talk about that one thing I didn't note until after the interview I think his um, marathon PB was like a 224 or something like that that's pretty fast that's smoking that's mm. smoking okay here he is righty-ho so on today's show we've got um, we've got somebody who's actually had um been website of the week in the past. Oh, nice! It's um, his website's called ironmate.co.uk. Plenty of information up there in terms of um, how to get the most out of your Ironman performance. Um, and his name is Mark. Hopefully, I get your surname pronounced correctly. Uh, Clean House. Did I get that right, Mark? Uh, it's Cleanthus, but, but in, in an Ironman and a double Ironman, even I have problems. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, the reason I wanted to get Mark on, he's done, um, he's done a truckload of Ironmans. Um, I think, did you say 32 Ironmans, is it? 
Uh, 32 Ironman races, uh, two double Ironmans and a triple Ironman. And, and that's really what I wanted to, to focus on a bit. Was um, We often get guys talking about Ironman on the show, and we talk about it obviously ourselves all the time. But um, And we've had a few of the, the nut bars who've done um, deckers and things like that, and which is a complete you know, endurance fest and, and brings in a whole... Um, different range of skills and abilities but um the area that i'm sort of quite keen to talk about is is more the double which is kind of that in between it's it's obviously double in ironman so it's a long way but it's not one of those races where you get to sleep every night and stuff it's still you know close to what we do close to what we do and and i know there's a number of people are thinking they want to step up from ironman and looking for the next challenge and, and, and that might be something they've been thinking about so Mark's been there, done that before, and he's also achieved some really good things at the double distance. So welcome along to the show, Mark. Thank you very much. Um, it's far away the questions. Yeah, yeah, so really, I mean, the, the key thing is that, that I'm keen to know is, is what is the sort of difference between a, a, a doing a double and, and doing a full in terms of um, firstly perhaps being out there and actually doing the race? Um, you know, okay. how different is it from, from an Ironman? Um, you have to have a completely different mindset in 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 the double because um, you're almost lonely out there in the race. You can't be competitive with your other. Obviously, it's, you're in a competition, but you can't, you know, worry about someone's overtaking you or you're overtaking them because there's a lot more yo-yoing going on. Between you know, you're you're going through a good patch, they're going through a bad patch. Um, you've really got to have self-belief in your own confidence. So you're going to get through the distance. Um, and I, I think you've got to treat it um, because there, there's more um, mental um, things, more mental games you need to prepare yourself for, and also during the the double iron that you've got to treat it almost like an exam. You've got to concentrate the whole time because the moment you um, fail to concentrate, then what tends to happen is you um, make you know like slight errors. You may not eat as much. You may wait another five or ten minutes which in an Ironman you can you can get away with but in a double everything's just magnified I mean it's it it's twice the distance as an Ironman but it takes you more than twice as long to do it and if you look at um you know going from short races to long races um I've, I've done quite a lot of studying on that and it normally if you go from a sprint to Olympic you know you're going between you're four to seven percent slower and if you go from olympic to middle distance you're about four to seven percent slower again um but if you go from the you know the um uh, a middle distance to an ironman um you know people say oh you add on an hour well you sometimes it can be more than ten percent but the moment you go from a um a single ironman to a double iron distance um you know you you, you don't add on two hours because it's double the distance you you had you add on a lot more time because because the run's a lot longer and you're going to run a lot slower. Um, you've got sleep deprivation. You've got nutritional needs. You've got a whole host of um, weather conditions to con- you know, contend with. So um, you really have to go on. Sure, you if you're going to use a heart rate monitor, use that. But you also have to go on perceived effort. Because t- during the double line races that I've done, um, I found that my heart rate's telling me one thing, and yet my perceived effort... You know, might be it's gone up two or three notches. So, you know, give you an example: if you're doing a super sprint triathlon, you know, that's full on. You know, swim, cycle, run as hard as you can, and that's you know a ten out of ten on on a scale of ten. You know, and maybe an Ironman might be a seven to an eight, and maybe a nine at the end, 
or even a 10 when you're pushing it to the finish. But a double, I think you really need to be perception of effort of six to seven the whole way because as you go along throughout the race, you know, you go through bad patches and you have to alter that with nutrition, then you have to um, just hold hold back, hold back, hold back, keep holding back because eventually you will slow down. So with your pacing, I mean, um, what was your sort of pace like? You know, say, for example, you know, if you compare it to, you know, your, your speed you sort of typically hold in an, an iron distance race versus what you ride in a, in a double, and, and likewise with the, the running, I mean, um, how much slower was it for you? Um, well, it, it's, it's probably about 20 to 30 minutes per Ironman bike slower. Um, you know, I'm probably putting, you know, effect, I mean, obviously I've just spoken about perception of effort, but I'm talking about um, the, the, the effort feels less, and most people are fairly motivated and determined to do well. The best way is just to t- drop down one gear than easier than, than you would do in an Ironman. So you're in a slightly easier gear, your legs are spinning round, your cardiovascular, let's not forget that, your cardiovascular, you know, we can do incredible things, we can do... Olympic distance, middle, iron distance, Ironman, double Ironman, double, you know, triple, um, even 10 times. So, you know, our, our ability to keep going for, for, for hours on end, days on end, is quite incredible. But that's generally our aerobic fitness. Um, the moment you start using strength at any time during the race, um, it normally comes back to haunt you later on. So it's just about holding back, um, feeling though you can go all day because literally you do have to go all day um uh, and going back to the mindset um you know most triathletes you know have busy busy lives families and work and training and everything else and you know and generally speaking we're on the go 12 14 16 18 hours a day or maybe longer if you're not getting much sleep um but you know during during the double line distance you know most of us are going to be doing you know 20 22 24 hours maybe longer you know even 30 hours it's a long time just to to keep your body and, and keep moving for that whole period of time um and and what and what is noticeable in the run for example that um unless you drive your arms in the run you, you don't actually run as fast as you or, or you, you don't move as quickly as you you know you would expect to to do and so you actually realize how much the arms help you in everyday running really and and you you talked obviously about the length of the race and it ranging from sort of 20 to 30 hours obviously you've got to go through the night what what are the strategies you used i mean did you have any breaks in your race um you know during the bike or the run leg or did you just just slow down i mean when i'm talking breaks i know you probably had to stop for nutritional reloads and stuff but did you actually have any scheduled breaks and did you think that was a good thing or or did you not and, and would you change it um I found that breaks weren't, I didn't particularly, because um, I'm a single-paced athlete, I prefer to keep going rather than stopping. Um, the first time I did Huntsville, Alabama in America, and I live in the UK, um, I got out there 10 days before, and I actually got used to the time zone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then I found that during the night, um, I was actually getting sleepy, you know, because I was, I was in American USA time rather than UK time. Right. So the sec the second time I went over there, I only arrived three days before, um, because it's so it was so hot in that particular double line distance that I felt I could actually make more gains during the night when it was cooler. 
Yeah. But I wanted to be on UK time. So so that obviously helped. It definitely made a huge difference to my ability to perform because you, we, we tend to get dips between one and sort of three o'clock in the morning, which is probably our low point for most people. Yeah. Your energy levels are low. You know, you've expected to have gone to sleep and we haven't. We're keeping going. Um, you know, most people I spoke to actually having anything more than sort of 10 or 15 minutes uh, tended to be detrimental really to performance yeah. and uh, the only exception to that is if you're having nutritional problems and you can't uh, hold down food then my my suggestion is definitely stop you've got to stop um, and take in food and allow the digestive system to actually absorb the food uh, and then carry on with exercise I suppose that, that leads us into the next question. We all know how important nutrition is for Ironman, but I imagine it's, it's doubly important in the double. <laughs> nice, and, nice. Uh, and uh, so going into a double Ironman, what kind of, if someone out there is thinking about doing a double, what kind of nutrition plan should they be thinking about? Um, well, in the double, you're going to go through some, some highs and lows, and generally those peaks and troughs are, are much greater than you would in an Ironman. So, um, you know, one of the things I suggest to do, which can be a bit of a risk because you need to stay healthy, is occasionally, you know, reduce your nutritional intake during a, during a ride, long ride or a long run or a swim or immediately after training. So you go into the next training session slightly depleted. Um, so what, what I mean by that is you go in, you know, you do maybe a long swim in the morning and then you come back and you have a bit of a break. But, but not much breakfast or anything and then you do a long ride and you try and experience the um, you know the low energy levels um, I, I because you need to experience because it might happen in the race I mean it may happen because you've forgotten to eat you've got tired or it may happen because you just you're simply not digesting the food you've got you know digestive problems um, uh, but then while you're doing that you're running low on energy try things that you wouldn't normally try during a training session you know um, I mean even things like flatjacks you know um, you know a, a flatjack which is you know a bit like a sweetie um, sweetie biscuit you know it's got fat in there it's got carbohydrate and it's got simple sugars so they'll all be used absorbed at different times during you know your digestive process so you, you know you might find that they, they help you occasionally um, uh, and nutritional taste buds from my experience in the double and the triple they seem to change throughout the um the duration of the race you know i mean i've generally got a sweet tooth but occasionally i like citric drinks or you know more sort of bittersweet food products so you need to experiment with every type of food the foods you like the foods you don't like and and during the double iron you you will have a craving for some explicable reason you know um, and that that's the sort of thing that you'll be um, craving for and if you haven't got it it seems like the biggest <laughs> problem in the world you've got to solve really with, with, you know let's look at more of the race day the, the actual plan you have because it's not like an Ironman where you have eight sessions every you know 3k or something like that you know you obviously have a support crew who are going to be there for you at certain times going into it how much nutrition do you have and you know to make sure you are going to have enough for the whole race um, well I in an Ironman, they say you shouldn't only put on one or two pounds or a kilo in, um, in, in, in weight. But, you know, I like to put on a couple of pounds just purely because, um, you know, some of that will obviously um, be used during the race. And I think it sometimes you, you should be burning more fat than you are, 
you know, carbohydrates anyway. So, um, and the reason why a lot of people tend to slow down in, in iron distance races, you know, eight to nine hours, and in the double, after about 15 hours, in my my um, opinion, is because the lack of the correct taper, really. Um, the, the better the taper, the, the, the longer you are during the race before you actually slow down. So, um, you know, it's important to keep snacking. It's, I mean, I don't know how many people actually uh, train, you know, the digestive system to actually, you know, think about having a couple of, you know, 100 calories every single hour plus a drink. Um, you know, we tend to snack during the day when we're training, but um, the digestive system doing a double iron distance, you know, when you're looking at sort of three, three or 400 calories an hour, has to digest a lot of food without the exercise, you know, during a 24-hour period. So um, in, 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 it's important to um, eat a lot sometimes before training, eat a lot during training, um, and just continually snack and eat and almost eat when you're not hungry. But equally, because nutrition is so important, sometimes you need to, you know, go hungry and ex actually experience what those hunger feelings are and then experiment with food products to actually um, find what actually suits you on that and, no and, and know what's going to happen. You know, if you go through a really bad patch because you haven't eaten for sort of three or four hours and then during the bike you're only having, say, 200 calories of carb on the, on the bike and then you add half a bar and it doesn't make much difference, then you know that during the race you need to have three quarters of a bar. So uh, from a, um, say, an iron distance, you know, a lot of the guys these days get away with having, you know, either just a gel product or a product like Infinite or something like that, so it's very much a liquid um, diet through the day and they get through fine with that. When it comes to an iron race, uh, a double iron, you, you have a, a bigger, big variety of foods, a lot more normal sort of foods? Yeah, I think um, we need to have normal foods because, you know, we see, uh, I know people that have just gone for a, a liquid diet of Ensure or those, you know, can replacement meals and mm. carbohydrate drinks and electrolyte drinks, then um, they just tend to get, um, they have problems because, you know, they have to go to the bathroom more regularly than, than normal. You need to have some solid foods just to keep the, you know, the normal digestive system going. So, you know, go back to old-fashioned foods, really, you know, um, sandwiches and bagels, maybe, um, with, with obviously low-fat products in them, you know, bananas, focus on bananas that are not as acidic, so go for more green bananas than, um, than sort of black bananas. I don't know if you've ever had a, if you've ever had a mouth ulcer, if you ever have a really ripe banana, sometimes it's a bit more acidic than a, mm -hmm. you know, a sort of almost freshly picked banana. So, so go for more, you know, alkaline foods rather than acidic foods. Um, have a, a vast array of foods, really, um, and you know, just also foods that you would have during a normal day as well, really. In, you in, know, I'm not talking about some fries, but you know, but <laughs> but um, pop pop into Big Mac or Wendy's yeah, on the way past. Right. <laughs> hey, and I guess but, um, a big part of of getting that nutrition right is having your support crew in place. And how did you sort of go about um, assembling your support crew? And and what are the, their sort of roles um, going through the day for somebody who perhaps hasn't hasn't done one before and doesn't really understand the the need for a support crew? Um, well, the, the need for a support support crew is paramount. Otherwise, you'd have to have um, 
a bike carrier on the back of your car, you know, on, on your bike, which would which would probably weigh about fifty or sixty kilos, you know, weigh over a hundred pounds with fluid and everything else. So, you know, your your, your support crew is absolutely paramount. Um, the first time I went to to do the double iron distance because obviously it was an important race and it was just me doing it on my own. Um, I met Ace had the race organisers had a support crew for me out there. Um, so I met them a week before the race. I had my itinerary of, you know, what I wanted to do during the canoe section uh, in the river. And then um, I almost had a, every 15 minutes, this is what I wanted to eat. You know, if I didn't eat that, you've got to make sure I was eating this. You've got to, there's a bit of a checklist to tick that I'm eating what I'm eating and not throwing it, you know, half a bar away and not eating it. Um, and and they, uh, they actually went back to the organisers and felt that although Mark had all, this, all these great ideas because I was a little squirt and didn't weigh much, um, they didn't actually think I would fi- I would finish the race. So I had to sort of beg and plead them to say, look, you know, I will finish the race. I'm an experienced endurance athlete, um, you know, and and obviously uh, it's a it's a learning experience. So I wouldn't suggest um, anyone, you know, pick a, a team, you know, support crew the week before. That's not really ideal, but. You know, they need to understand that, you know, the moods that you're going to go through. Uh, they need to make sure that you're, you know, you're eating on a regular basis. Maybe give you words of encouragement or, you know, look at your biomechanical efficiency, you know, whether you're swimming, cycling and running and give you some, some guidance on that rather than actually shouting at you and telling you what you need to do. They just need to sort of encourage you, support you, but equally make sure that, you know, every 15 or 20 minutes, whether you want it or not, you've got to have a drink, you've got to have a, you know, something to eat. And they will, you know, and they'll give you self-belief. Um, they should never show fear either. If they show fear, you can, even though you're quite tired, you can see that fear and then you can, um, you know, um, you start getting self-doubt, really. Um, they be like your parents, uh, don't they? <laughs> yes, it would be, actually, yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, in terms of the, you know, the double iron distance in terms of the mental state, you know, it, it is a lonely race out there. You've really got to um, focus on yourself. Um, and a, the biggest problem I often find is in, in a double and an ultra distance or a triple is you're trying to, ch- you're not really trying to chase the person in front, but they're looking dreadful. They're looking, you know, they've suddenly gone from looking quite efficient quite aerodynamic quite streamlined you know and they're looking absolutely dreadful and you can't catch them no matter how hard you try but you have to ignore that you have to think well they're struggling you're struggling don't worry about catching them just focus on yourself and what about about the preparation obviously that's a it's a big thing um you know in terms of the the differences in training that you did um between you know an ironman versus say a double or a triple um well obviously it's double the distance i wouldn't say you necessarily need to train double the double the distance in, in in training um there's some some quite clever ways of actually getting double iron distance fit without having to spend you know 50%, 100% 50%, 100% more of the time time training. Um, bearing in mind during the double, you know, it, it doesn't matter what time it starts, the morning, afternoon, evening, um, you know, it's going to take most people a day, 24 hours or longer. So a lot of back-to-back sessions I find are quite beneficial um, and also single sports sessions. So if, the, if you think the bike's going to take you 12, 14 or 16 hours, split that up into three sections so you go out and do three hours on the bike 
come back, relax. I wouldn't say necessarily eat too much, but just keep snacking. So you, you may be going slightly hungry, but you're keeping your energy levels just topped up a little bit. And then go out and do another similar ride on the same route, the same way around. So if you, you did it clockwise, do it clockwise again, you know, to make yourself mentally stronger. And then, you know, three or four or five hours later, go and do the same ride again, the same route, not, not necessarily trying to improve your time, but just thinking, am I stronger on the hills? Am I getting more tired? So what you're doing is you're actually training almost all day, but not really doing a lot between those. Um, regarding the swim, the swim is quite a long time, whereas, we, you know, we're, we're in that um, horizontal position. So, you know, maybe do a swim session, and then lie down as soon as possible, maybe lie down for one or two hours. Um, you know, you could read or do what you want to do there. And then, again, just snack but not have many calories so you've recovered. And then go and repeat the session again. It doesn't have to be intense, but basically you're, you're training for long periods of time with, with inactivity in between but keeping the calories low. Um, other key sessions, which are quite beneficial is um, training in the evening. So you do a bike ride, then a run. And then the following morning, so, you know, six, seven hours later, you get up early and you do a run and a bike. Rather than do a bike and a run the following morning, you do a run and a bike to prevent injuries. But you're basically running, you're training on recovery mode. Um, when our bodies are in recovery mode, sometimes our bodies are trying to absorb and save that energy for, for the future not necessarily for two or three hours later. So, you know, they're quite key sessions to do. They don't necessarily have to be long if you haven't got much time to train. But, you know, they're quite good to do. Um, and for people that have only got um, the same amount of time to train for an iron distance race as a double iron, then I suggest uh, breaking those sessions up and actually doing the sessions longer. So rather than doing a swim bike one day or a bike run do a longer swim one day then a longer bike and then a longer run so you're actually getting used to longer sessions because the longer sessions are the key when we've got endurance they're okay but in the double distance you know um, it's almost impossible to train for 20, 22, 24 hours or longer yeah. in one stint so we have to train not always tired but train in a way that we are sometimes low on energy um, sometimes we don't want to do it and, and any other I mean any other particular things you did personally before your races I know you did a, a couple of Ironmans within one week or any other sort of interesting things that you've, you've tried out that have either worked or, or not worked um, I, I think the, the, the problem with doing the, the two iron distance races um, seven days apart um, my body was still in, uh, you know, in a state of fatigue uh, seven days later, although I've recovered probably for the swim and most of the bike, you know, I really felt it in the run. So I didn't really feel that, you know, that was really sort of beneficial. Um, what I did do was I did some really sort of hard sort of key um, middle distance bike and run sessions um, on one particular day. And then the next day I'd go out and do a, you know, a long bike, maybe sort of six, seven, eight hours. And I found that was sort of really beneficial because the second day you were actually quite tired from the first day. Um, you were sort of fairly low on energy, your muscles were a bit tight. Um, one of the hardest, or the mo one of the most painful things is actually my biceps. 
because um, you've obviously used them in the swim yeah, for double the distance. Yeah. You've used, they've been on the bike, and then in the run, you're really driving your arms backwards and forwards just to get some momentum running. And, um, you know, in some of the double iron distance races that I've done and spoken to competitors afterwards, often it's the arm, the shoulders, and the back and the neck. Um, the neck's a key one, actually, because um, even in a double distance, I've known competitors where their neck muscles have literally um, not been able to, and they've run sort of um, almost with their um, ear on their shoulder because their neck muscles have almost given way. Yeah. Now that would never happen in a in a you know in an Ironman distance, but just because of the swim, because of the bike, and the distances we're covering. Um, any any little weakness that we may have, which we're never aware of, you know, is doubly magnified, you know, in, in the double iron distance. What about um, recovery, you know, in life after doing the double? You know, you've, uh, you know, post-race, and, you know, like it's obviously such a life-consuming sport. <laughs> How do you kind of manage all that? Um, yeah, post-race blues are pretty bad in an iron distance. <laughs> they're, they're three times as bad in a double iron distance. So really, it's... Um, you know, it's been all-consuming training for this particular race. Um, it's a complete unknown. You, you you never know from one iron distance to the next or even your first one how it's going to go. Um, and, you know, you get flashbacks of great bits during the race. You get flashbacks with things that didn't go great during the race. Um, you know, and that can last for, you know, quite a long time. Um, if you've paced yourself well and you've had good nutrition during the race, you know, I'd say... Sort of four to six weeks afterwards, you you almost feel fairly normal. Um, you know, when you get off the bike and start running in in a in a in, a, in any triathlon, your legs don't quite feel they're they're there there really. But in a double iron distance, you know, it can take four or five weeks before you you go running, um, and your your actually legs feel connected to your waist really. Um, you know, they've just lost that um, ability to, um, to 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 bounce, to spring along, to you know. So you almost have to relearn to train. Um, on the mental side, um, for some people, that's it. They never want to do a double again. Uh, for you know, other times that I've done them, I've wanted to. Right, I can improve this. I can improve that. You know, I can train slightly better. Um, I, I think the self-analysis for a double, purely because it's you know, emotionally draining throughout the whole race, um, and because it you know it takes you. Uh, you know, over a day with sleep deprivation, it, it 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 can last sort of three or four months where you're continually thinking, can I improve this, that, and the other? Really. And um, obviously yourself, you mentioned you did uh, Kona last year, and and what are your sort of plans for this year? Any doubles or triples, or just a, a season of Ironmans? So what's your plan? Uh, yeah, just a season of Ironman this year. So um, I'm currently in the throes of um, writing a, a book for Mayor and Mayor, the sports uh, book publishers. Yeah. Um, it's more like um, a, a dictionary of encyclopedia of, um, of Ironman and triathlon and all the various facets and jargon words. So that's going to take up a lot of my time until the spring, really. And then um, after that, I'll be, um, I'll be back to Ironman training for my 29th season in triathlon wow. without a break. Nice. Oh, so what's, your, what's your, your, your regular job then? Uh, my regular job is um, selling natural mineral water to hotels and restaurants okay. uh, in glass and plastic bottles. So, um, yeah, you know, in sales, it's very competitive. It's complete. It's a complete contrast to, um, you know, my 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 other life of, um, you know, a, a triathlon. Um, obviously, yeah, it allows me to um, 
to to race around the world with my wife Claire. So um, we enjoy doing that, and we have done for the last sort of twenty six years. So that's been good. Great. Well, um, thank you for your time. If people want to check out uh, Mark, you can go to ironmate.co.uk, and he's got a great website there. Has lots of information about all things triathlon, really. Um, so you can check it out if you want to get contact from there. He, he does some coaching, I'm thinking, or maybe yeah. Do you do any coaching? I did. I did a little bit of coaching. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so people can find all the information there, and by all means, let us know about their book when it comes out, and we'll let the uh, let the IM Talk population know all about it. Okay, great. Great to speak to you then. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for your time. Much for your time, Mark. Website of the week. You may notice if you're listening and you're on your bike or you're running somewhere or you're just spending time with your family, sitting around the, the, the wireless listening to the show. It's Jazz Week. It's Jazz Week. Yeah. Nice. This is in our world, it is anyway. Cheers, week. Anyway, uh, we're still, we're still, I'm still waiting on that album and a bit of music. Well, I've got one I made the other day, mm. which I want to put on the show, but I need to sharpen up a little bit before okay. I do. That's right. So what I'll do is when I get back from Auckland, I'll sharpen up, and the next week after that, I'll put it on. Nice. Anywho, try talk of the year. Well, this is basically on slow, uh, twitch. slow Twitch. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and we were supposed to have it as a website last week. Um, there's actually the other page I wanted to pull up as well. And quotes. Quotes. So um, have we got the other one? Try year and review. That one there. That one there. Yeah, that's what I went to. No, it's not. You got that one there. I think. Anyway, um, Slow Twitch did a really good couple of pieces on sort of a 2010. They did a great job, Slow Twitch, aren't they? Sorry? They did a good job. Yeah. They did a bit of a summary of, of the year in terms of best performances and so on. So performances of the year, Mecca in Kona. Right, Rennie. Yeah, Rennie in 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 Kona. Chrissy and wrote. Here's, here's a hard one, John. Yeah, Chrissy and wrote or Rennie and Kona for you. Uh, Chrissy in wrote without doubt. Okay. Amber uh, Montfort, Ultraman. We remember talking about that, and they had an awesome three-way race there. Emma Snowsill at High V in Budapest. So she's come back from injury and just. Dominated a couple of couple of the races um, when people were sort of writing her off, and, and myself included, I wasn't writing her off, but I was wondering what the hell was going on. And then all of a sudden, she just blitzes everybody. Brownlee at Budapest, Tim Don at High V, um, Shani. That was good for Tim Don, eh? Because he could have been out of the piece yeah, for a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. So they've got, they've, and the good thing here is they, the guys at Sightwitch do a good. They, they cover all the distances and they profile all the sorts of athletes that so don't just focus on the Ironman Comebacks of the year, we've got to give Jordan Rapp. we got second here, but just then, it's a very good comeback. As was Alistair Brownlee and Emma Snowsill. Uh, they've got best coaches, Andreas Railhurt, because he coached his brother Michael to winning the 70.3 and just killing everybody on that distance. In Germany. In Germany, 70.3? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The, he won Germany. Yeah. Uh, Rising Stars, Paula Finlay. She's an ITU girl. Um, Barbara Riveros Diaz, who also she smoked at the start of the ITU season and um, then sort of faded off a bit. Those two both came in breakthroughs, but we've still got Jody Swallow. Yeah. Um, what else is happening here, John? Uh, come from behind, Kat Morrison, or Laura Ironman Lanzagrotti. And that's when she had like, she was on the sidelines for like 45 minutes yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, Those so, memorable swim performances, Biscay. At Ironman Hawaii Ultraman. And then no, Jonas Colting. At also there. Uh, superb running times. Marinda Carfrey's 2.53 at Kona. That's smoking. Rasmus Henning's 2.39 at Challenge. Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, probably the one that I was really interested in is triathlons. 
biggest paychecks. Oh, you bet you can't look for. Oh, no, here we go. The top twelve biggest pay winning paychecks. This is interesting. Okay. So high V, you get two hundred grand for winning. Yep. I'll take that. Yep. I'm in Hawaii, one hundred ten thousand for winning. Knew that. Abu Dhabi, fifty, and then you've got a, whole, a series of other races. You know, like the World Champs, Dextro, the ITU one, you get thirty. Are these triathlon long course? No, these are any triathlons. Okay. Um, you got Rote in there at twenty thousand. You got um the rear, one of the revs at twenty thousand. Lifetime Fitness, this is short course in America, yep. is twenty thousand, and it just starts to go down. It'd be interesting to see the top. I'd like to see like the top twenty-five or so to see. But most of them just sit. Like if you look at seventh place, all pretty yeah. much the same. So once you get to like ten thousand US, it would just yep. be the same, wouldn't it? But what is interesting is in fifth place taking home $25,000 is the biggest loser top finishes in the San Francisco Triathlon at Treasure Highland. What do you mean? What does it work? So you know the program The Biggest Loser? Yeah. So the person they must have had all the people on that program oh, so they give the triathlon. Oh. They got $25,000 for winning that. Not It wasn't the race giving yeah, the money. Yeah, it was the biggest yeah. loser. It was just one of their own little things but really they were counting that as... It just shows how pathetic our sport is in terms of prize money. <laughs> It really does. It really does, doesn't it? And a TV show can come in at fifth place. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well. It's got some really good coverage on there. It's been up there. It might, it might be right at the bottom of their pages now, but um, it's uh, it's all good stuff. and helps you educate you on not always the headline stories you see, some of the stuff. Um, it's it's really well there. done. And they've also got quotes of the year, so any quotes you want to mention, John? One of the interesting ones I thought was from Craig Alexander. When he came off the bike in Kona, did he think he had a chance? And he said he thought he had a chance because he was aiming to try to run a two thirty six in Kona. If he'd done that, I don't think he, I don't think he would have um, won, but he would have got a bit closer. But interesting to see that that's what's in their mindset. You know, they're wanting to get down to around about that two thirty five mark, and it's that's, they think that's realistic for him. Um, one there from Andreas Raylert. By the time I was catching Macca on the Queen K Highway heading back to home, I was just making up seconds per mile. If you're making up seconds, it's not that you are flying. As soon as I got to Macca, we had already had about seven and a half hours of racing in our bodies and our legs. So when I got to him, it's kind of a mental game. I thought two options. First option is to go as hard as you can to make it to the finish and try to drop Macca right at the beginning, or maybe wait and um, have a sprint finish at this point in time. So I made my decision to recover and rest and wait for the finishing sprint. Another thing he said is that it wasn't a rookie mistake to grab the Coke. He said, I really needed that Coke, Mm. which, you know, obviously that's how he felt. So uh, Chrissy Wellington said some of this, obviously around some of the rumours about her pulling out of uh, Kona. Some of them are laughable, like the fact that I'm pregnant. Others are more defamatory. Uh, I've had blood tested five times this year, urine tested ten times. I was tested the Tuesday before the race to suggest that I didn't race because of drug tests is ludicrous and insulting and undermines my credibility and that of other female athletes that do so well. Good. So, so good. good stuff on there. Yeah, that was a great work by uh, Slow Twitch, so check yeah. it out. Sponsor! Coffeesofhawaii.com I feel like yeah. a bit of music, John. Well, if you, oh, it's if jazz you, week. If you, It is. This is... I don't know if it's jazz. Yeah, jazz fusion with yeah, a wine mix. Um, it is. So if you, if you want to get right in the mood, you often talk about being romantic, getting coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Albert, Albert's always into supporting supporting um, the local economy. John, I, I, I'll be honest here. Yeah. When I do you like a bit of snuggly bogley, I do like a bit of music. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't want to go too much detail on that. That can mean whatever it means to you. But a bit of music. Trust me, I'm not picturing anything. <laughs> I've got, I've got a, I've got this block in my mind saying, don't even think about There's a wall, there's a wall. There's nothing coming through that wall. Um, so Albert's always a good, a good supporter. I mean, the, the company supports um, 
the environment, they support, you know, if you're ever going over that way, they've got the plantation, um, and they also support some local artists, and uh, so if you're after a little bit of, you know, I think it's pretty easy listening, Hawaii. And is that kind of, you know, like summer, sitting outside, mm-hmm. sun's playing, you've got mates around for a barbie or something, or it's getting a little bit cold at night, you're getting that coffee out after the meal, you know, a bit of Hawaii I'm music sure it'd go down well as well if you're having a few tequilas and things like that. But they've even got a DVD, John. Oh, nice. Yes, of a concert that's obviously pretty old for our first time. It's nice. It's good music. So get you can get some coffee, check out the music. And they've still got the deal on there where you get your free coffee if you spend over 40 bucks and uh, be in to win. Oh, I thought they had some of the music. No. Yeah, they don't. Uh. Albert, you can send us through some art samples and we'll, we'll spread the love. We can, yeah. we, can have, we can have a Hawaiian Hawaiian week. I think you're going to play 20 seconds hey? in commercial use. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know, they're all stupid rules. So get on to Coffees of Hawaii. You can use, if you just um, want to do a small purchase, you can still use our discount codes. Um, but if you want to get that free coffee, you can spend 40 bucks and you get a free free bag coffee. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Questions and answers. Okay, Gary Fagan. Okay, this is a big one, John. He's just had a kid, and he thought he'd still be able to train 30 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> He's realising pretty quickly that it's not. As you're aware, I've just had a lovely boy call Mac eight weeks ago. It's probably about 19 weeks ago now. My request is for tips on how to best fit in your training when you're living with a small bundle of joy. Issues are, at the weekend, when you've got most of the time to train, you've also got the least amount of excuses not to help out and let your better half catch up on some valuable sleep. So middle of the night feeds makes getting up an early issue, early an issue. Then helping out with household tasks makes up for a few hours each day. Options he has. Sleeping in the other room, he's discarded this one, but despite the main issue of being interrupted in sleep, if I temporarily move out of the bedroom, I'll be shot. Mm-hmm. So any suggestions? And, and you are... Experienced in this area? Yes, yes. recently. Fairly recent. So tell me, John, what do you think? Um, it kind of depends whether your wife's breastfeeding or if you're bottle feeding. If you're bottle feeding, you're kind of a bit screwed because you've got to pitch in and do it. Yeah. But if your wife's breastfeeding, I mean, what Belinda did, she's breastfeeding the other room and I didn't really, my sleep didn't actually get that interrupted. <laughs> but but other people bring the baby into the bed and they breastfeed in the bed. But we always had both our kids in the other room and Belinda would go through and feed them. We didn't, we just thought there's no, there's no point both of us being absolutely shattered all the time that's right look after John that's right <laughs> um, but the main thing I'd say is have a season off Ironman and just do short course racing and fit in that training I'd say forget it you know um, I think once once you've got past that initial sort of three four month period when the feeding's starting to slow down and maybe they're sleeping through a bit more then you can get away with a bit more but my main advice would be probably Forget Ironman for a season, um, or have a have a late season race because you, you know you guys in the UK aren't even starting into it. If you looked at a late season race, you know maybe discard the next three or four months as just. I get my house painted. Yeah, just felt like, felt like another earthquake. Um, is probably discard the next few months as just light, um, pretty cruisy training, and then maybe you can you can ease back into it. Um, I, I think, but yeah, this isn't going to happen. That yeah, I think it's probably not really going to happen sc- that many times in your life. So yeah. I'd say. Just let triathlon take the back step for a little I think while. where this is a little bit dangerous is the athlete whose all their esteem is based on training. Mm-hmm. And I'd hate for people to present their kids. Mm. You know what I mean? No, because I imagine some people probably do. You know, they can't train, so they get frustrated. And, and let's be honest, babies are hard work. Mm. And they don't, you don't get much back from them. It's more just give, give, give in that first period of time. And so I think John's advice is really important, especially if you are someone who gets a lot of esteem from training, because you just have to accept that you can't do Ironman training it's, well, it's, maybe you can, but you, you maybe can. not it's to the level you have. And it's like, 
sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and go, you know what, I'm a parent first hmm. and I've just got to put this off and then how can I set some realistic goals around the time I do have and, and John's advice is really important here because, you know, I imagine some people probably do get frustrated by their children because they can't train and I just don't know if that's healthy for you or the child. I think once you can, uh, I think the theme that's been coming through from a lot of the age groupers we've been talking to that have got kids is... Um, once you're at a level where you can get up early in the morning and you can get training done at weekends and stuff, if yep. you get up at five and you're training from six till, say, ten or whatever, most, if you've got a wife that's, um, or a partner, sorry, I should say, um, that's fairly understanding of your sport and tolerant of it, then you probably get away with it. But I think in the initial stage, you just got to just bite the bullet and just say, sure, cool stuff. And it's not even, like, I'm speaking to men here, but it's not even just the kid, it's the mother, man. Like, being a mum is such hard work, and especially in that first year where they're just so needy of their mums, you've actually got to kind of put yourself second a little bit in that role to make sure that they are looking after themselves and getting that downtime away from the kids. So there's uh, John and Bevan's parenting advice. (laughs) Sort your crap out. Um, Common Durant, just basically you were sending through in a couple emails about a couple of things, but he was asking... He's saying, you know, the run walk seems mm-hmm. to be working on the run. Why aren't we doing something similar on a bike? I haven't tried it yet myself. Um, have, have people been doing it? I, I remember Gordo saying that one guy he, he knew of had tried it and wasn't really that convinced on it. Yep. But it's just, I, I honestly have not tried it. I'd be interested to know from the sports science geeks in terms of the, you know, all the you know the slowing down and wind issues, rolling resistance, all that sort of stuff, how, how that would affect if your speed is going up and down quite a bit. I think the main thing would be is you wouldn't be freewheeling, you know, with a run walk. You, you, you're still walking. You're not it's like you're standing still. So it would be a case of, you know, just slowing your pedaling down and easing off the intensity. Um, but I'd just be interested if anybody has tried it because I haven't and uh, I haven't tried it with any athletes either. So I don't really have a, a strong opinion on it. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, James Wise one, Brotel sent through a big email. Uh, rip it up, John. So he's basically saying, right, it's time to to help out some of the smaller races. And we're talking iron distance races here. Yep. Um, so really, if you've got, uh, you know, we, we often, we'll, we'll see the news about an Ironman race, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about the results, so they'll get them coverage. But if, if some of the smaller races, we often don't know a lot about them. So if you're doing a smaller iron distance race, um, send us some feedback on it and we'll happily promote them. Yep. We want everybody to be happy families and have lots of, lots of races out there, not just to be WTC dominated. They do a great job in their sort of market, but we don't want it to be just a one, um, a one yeah. company. So, uh, James was saying this year, why don't we kind of support more of the small races? He did actually come back with another email and say, we actually, of the ones he found, we're actually pretty good at supporting them. Mm. But if there are some of the smaller ones, you know, we'll get you a plug. So. We're talking iron distance here, though. Yep. We can't, we we can't talk about half Ironmans every single week, especially no. in the busy times of the year. Uh, just a couple of quick things. Look, Rick Laird sent through a great photo from Challenge Wanaka in his nice. Iron Talk jersey. I'm going to put nice. that on the website this week. Um, just one question I had. A while ago, we had a question from someone whose mate was doing CrossFit and was going to do Ironman. I can't remember who asked the question, but the mate was basically just doing all CrossFit training with the idea of kicking butt at Ironman, and we kind of didn't think it was that good. I'm just curious to see if how, how it went for him. So whoever that was, can you just email us back and kind of give us some feedback on how that went? And I'm going to give my other podcast a big plug here because um, I'm going to not, I haven't released this month's show, but I'm releasing it. Slacker. No, I released it at the beginning of next month. Okay. So not slacky yet, but but I got a coup. Um, there's Tom Tom from Marathon Talk. Yeah. Sent me through an email a while ago about a book called um, Why uh, How, The End of Overeating. Yeah. And it talks about it's a fascinating book. I read it and I just thought, wow, great, really important book for our time. The guy who wrote the book 
was um, President Bush, the first President Bush, and President Clinton's commissioner for the Food and Drug Administration in America. Mm-hmm. This guy's got like a million degrees, he's a brainiac, knows his stuff, and he wrote this book called The End of Eating. I managed to get an interview with him on fitness behavior this month. It goes for about an hour, and honestly, because he talks about the behavior of eating, and, and I know a lot of IMM, we can look healthy, but we may not necessarily have good eating habits. But more importantly, if you have people in your life who you know struggle with eating, I just think this is a really important interview. I'm going to be putting it up on my my, uh, my personal website uh, probably early next week or late this week. So just keep an eye out for it. I'll put a link to it on our Facebook page and uh, have a listen because I think it's a really important interview. Did he make a difference on those positions? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. He, like he was the person who actually put in food labelling in America. They didn't right. even have food labelling and it was poor at that. Um, he changed the tobacco industry. Like he stopped all the marketing stuff, so he had big yeah. influence. Yeah, okay. yeah, no. And but the great thing about him was, obviously, the guy knows his stuff, but he speaks in a language that makes sense to you, yep. and he puts it in a way that makes you aware of what you're doing. It was just a really amazing interview. So um, I just I, find those those Jamie Oliver programs and stuff where he goes into those schools, oh. and the, just the, the people just can't see sense. But just that's another topic for another day. It's yeah. just mind blowing. Yeah. Well, I was actually watching a Jamie Oliver talk on TED the other day, TED.com, and he was saying how, um, like, kids, you're showing kids fruit and didn't even know what fruit it was. Yeah. yeah. Or veggies. Yeah. Like, wow, that's scary, that crap is. Okay, then. Uh, what else, John? Sponsors. Athlinks.com. Uh, beat John in some race 20 years ago. <laughs> Coffees of Y. Listen to music while you're having a snuggly buggly. And Extreme Endurance. You can get shipped anywhere, John. Anywhere in the world. Okay, John. Uh, so, Thomas. Maybe not Antarctica. I reckon they would. Yeah? Yeah, well, maybe, sure. Maybe. It wouldn't so, be cheap. I, yeah, last week you talked about some concern. You were concerned about your daughter. Oh, John, it's all happening. She's, she's, you're worried about her. Yeah. I, no, I was concerned because she loved me, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm concerned with Thomas's future direction. Oh, you think it might be going to, it's going to the loving the boys factor? No, no. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> no, I am concerned. Because there's nothing wrong with that. We, uh, we pulled up the other day at Harvey Norman in Christchurch. I was dropping Belinda off to go shopping, and I was saying Tommy so, and Philly off to Having to a bit of time with the yep. kids. And uh, we pull up, and there's a, there's a gym behind, above Harvey Norman, a pro fitness or something, isn't it? No, what is it? City whatever, fitness. Whatever it is. <laughs> City um, class. Yeah. But anyway, we get out of the car, and they, when we've got the music pumping up there, and you hear this, Come on, three more, two more, lift those biceps. <laughs> and then Thomas just starts parroting it. Every single one, he's going, come on, woo, woo, one more, one more, lift him, lift him. And he's just walking around the shop doing that. Got concerns. Do you know what, John? I can give you a DVD of me teaching. That could be like the best thing ever. You'd always get to see me in your lounge. Mm. Thomas would be happy. It's a win-win. I'll run that by Belinda and see what she says. <laughs> She'd so, probably want it because she could train from home. So it's a win-win-win. She's got a broken tie at the moment. She can't do anything. Uh, um, so that was my concerning point of the week any other goss uh, any other goss no just did I tell you my mountain bike story no so Porno you sure know the Porno has a mountain bike mm-hmm. oh good but he's in Australia right now so I've, I've got his mountain bike mm-hmm. so I thought I'd go for a mountain bike ride oh no you did oh so, on the show uh, yeah I think so <sighs> yeah you, you really struggled you had to uh... oh I do you, you had to run up yeah but anyway they know it yeah I'll never know the story because the story sorry play poker Friday night right yeah didn't win Nah, what happened was. Did you pay for money or not? Yeah, five bucks each. Five bucks each. I know, but. your five bucks, so she's got it. Do you play poker? Oh, we used to. Because we have... play stud poker when we go to the casino. Oh, you stud. What's stud poker? Caribbean stud poker. How does it work? Well, it's pretty basic. Ooh. You basically get your cards and you, you put them back and you get three more. It's, it's not like 
going up and up. You basically got one bet and it's over within about 30 seconds and Casino takes your money and you're... Because oh, we were playing Texas Hold'em. Right. And uh, I was looking pretty good for a while and then I got a great flush and I thought, yeah, I've got it. But And somebody else, I, I thought I was bluffing them. So mm. they, they were like coming at me and I was like, yeah, you sucker, you're giving me all your money. And I was like, yeah. And they had better cards than me. Uh, broke my heart. I know because I thought I had it won. Joe ended up winning. Uh, broke my heart. Oh, scare again. Off to Auckland as well, John, that's about it, really. Off to Auckland and then school, daughter starts high school next week. So that's pretty exciting oh, as well. Oh, oh, oh. I know. It's all happening, John. Anyway, it's pretty much this week. Next week is going to be a Skype or Rooney Yep. And then the week after, we've got Scott Mullaney. Can we tell them why we've got Scott Mullaney? I think it's great. Oh, no, he just wants to go through. He listened to the Brent Sutton interview, and he's got some... Uh, rebuttal. Rebuttal on that, and just uh, to give a sort of different coach's perspective. There is not... You don't just need to go the Sutto way and do everything he says. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And uh, got some Epic Camp news. Epic Ooh. Camp France coming up. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And... Also, the book that you mentioned before, One Hour Workout. So we'll have a good old chat to Scott. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of other things in there. He'll also tell me that you know what he we're doing gra- he's greater than Chris. Yeah, Paul. well, there's the Maca versus, versus Molina. Mm. Very hard now. you got me thinking about it. Yeah, I think, I, I think on par. Mm. Think if Maca won one more Kona? No, I think if Scott had won another Kona, then oh. I'd say that'd be a lot more. Yeah, Ma- Co- yeah Scott's downfall was Kona, wasn't it? Mm, you judge by Kona. Yeah. But, and world titles. One thing we're going to get to, so what we're going to talk to Molina about, we're going to talk about... Epic Camp, Epic Camp. The, the one hour workout book a little bit about Sudden and we're going to give him to tell a story because okay. Malina well, I want to get him to tell the Simon Nessing running story okay Malina's got great stories okay okay there we Malina you're excited I can tell Iron Rust I mean no train hard train smart Kier. 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 <laughs> you sounded like me <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go